So a little thing happens, and then there's a great appreciation of it. That's a great event. There's a great event happens, and little appreciation. How long does that impression last? If the little things catch your eye, your eye will be caught all day. If you're waiting for a big thing to catch your eye, it'll be infrequent. If you wait for the big fish, you miss looking at all the little fish. The little fish are constantly gathering around where you're sitting, but you're looking for that one big fish, and it blinds you to the little fish. Is it the little fish's fault, or is it the big fish's fault? It's no fault at all. It's just the way you're perceiving things. It's the way we're perceiving things. It's how we're thinking. It's how we're holding things. It's how we're walking around. It's the processor. The processor is broken. If you don't, can't recognize a failed system, guess what? If a system keeps producing excuses, rationalizations, and blame, it's probably a failed system. If I had a furniture, furniture delivery business, and I delivered that couch every time I said I would, at the time I said I would, in the condition I said I would, would I need excuses for not delivering it? Would I have to blame people for stopping me or screwing up the delivery? Would I have to rationalize why I was late? Yeah, why the leg is, is, is bruised, why the fabric's ripped? No. If I actually delivered the goods, would there be excuses, rationale, and blame? Look at your head. Are there a lot of excuses being formulated, rationalizations being formulated all day, blame being dished out, your self-blame, blame on others, blame on conditions, blame on situations. That's the echoing of a failed system. Yeah, It's like you get some of the smog, some of the pollution, you diagnose it, and then you see how, how the engine's running. <laughs> it's not doing well. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff happening and it's being processed and we're not processing well. Yeah? The view of life from a self-centered view doesn't can't encompass what's happening here. Doesn't do well. Yeah? Gets easily easily overloaded. It's like some of these economic models that always always produce a giant bubble and it looks like it's great for a while and then great devastation follows. And people who got elevated really quickly at first, and now they're totally disheveled and bottomed out. And the bottomed out doesn't, doesn't seem to bounce back that fast. And what happens to that, that same system of economy? Other bubbles get blown up, and the same thing occurs over and over again. Yet nothing's ever addressed. Yeah. First thing is see how if the system's failed or not. Yeah? To see that is there an option, and I'm not saying it's a C. As soon as you hear that, you think there's a choice, that there's a you that's choosing. Because that's how self-centeredness interprets an option, that there's a you that's doing the choosing. Yeah? When self-centeredness looks at actions, it always finds an actor. It always says, somebody did something. If it isn't you, and if it isn't me, it's God. We make some other thing that's doing it. Yeah? It's always got to be pinned on somewhere. Yeah? Can't you just have, uh, can't you have a feeling without constantly having it point to a feeler? You know, 
here the thought can just be left alone so it doesn't have to be used to point to the thinker all day. You would be amazed how the thoughts will come and go. It's sort of like that water that's running and then you put the rock in it and it changes the current. And if you remove the rock, the current will go reverse back to the way it was going. Thoughts come and go. You put this idea of being the thinker, the thoughts get caught in this little mental orbit and then they just revolve around you. Yeah? It's sort of like a, a moon. It's sort of like, here's the fake sun of you and the moon has a giant surface like a mirror and all you see reflected back is you. So all the thought, every thought is the thinker. Every feeling is the feeler. Every action, the actor, the doer. Yeah? And it all becomes about you. And then the mental process just fucking explodes like a popcorn baker. Now it has, it produces guilt and shame and all the variations of what I shouldn't have done and what I did should have done and I could have, I should have been better and I became worse and da 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 and it just tons and tons of minutiae just gets developed and the, the, the heat's there, the corn kernels are there and then, the, and then you're mad about the popping of the corn. You are supplying the heat. The kernels of corn wouldn't pop without you. Yeah? The, the foreboding information wouldn't have an effect without you believing it. Yeah? <laughs> the forecast wouldn't drive you to buy a raincoat without you believing that it's going to rain, even though there's no evidence it is. But you believe the forecasting in your head, so you buy rain, you get an insurance policy, you do this, you do that, to protect the you. Yeah. Then you end up with tons of raincoats. You, know, you have to use. You have like fifteen raincoats for the five days of rain for the year. You know what I mean? Now you have thinking, have choices. What raincoat should I wear? So if life's gonna shit on me, at least I'm gonna look good when it's happening. You know? It goes on and on and on and on and on. It goes on and on and on and on and on. In time. It needs time to go on because it's a process. It has a be- it has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. Yeah, finite. So when you see selfing, let's say if someone comes and hears that talk like this, and he gets a feeling of a lot of the narrative that's going on, he has a new terminology that may work for them. You know, hey, that's selfing. So there's. Uh, and so they call me back up and they go, well, you know, I realize the selfing's driving me crazy. Yeah? So now they've seen, they've gotten a little glimpse of the selfing, but it's still making the product. It's still, the leap is still occurring. They see the selfing, but they think they're the one that's doing it, which is the product of the selfing, the feeling of being the one that's doing it. Or they feel like they're being done to by the selfing. That's the product of the selfing. The selfing is inferring that there's someone there. Yeah? It can't make that someone. Your mind makes the leap. Your mind makes the leap. No other power is driving you to that leap. Your mind makes the leap. The thought system is just providing the pointing, it's providing the assumption, it's providing the inference, it's, it's providing all of that insinuation, but it cannot produce the effect you and I do the mind makes the leap into the sense of being a self and now the thoughts are the 
have been thought by you. The feelings have been had by you. You may have even become the cause of the feelings. And you may have caused other people's feelings. And so on and so forth. And the ownership and the proprietoriness expands and it just rips on it. The mind just goes, has a field day. And it seems to have a lot of time to do it. And it just rips. Yeah? All the while, at every moment that's going on, the true essence of every moment, which is not of a moment, it's of that eternalness, of timelessness, is always available at all times. So as, long as, as the seeming problem seems to be dominant, the solution is available. Every moment. Every moment you're looking for trouble, what you're really looking for is what's looking. Every moment you're looking to get out of trouble, that's still what's looking. Every, look, every moment you're thinking about getting into trouble, that's still what's looking. Every, every moment you have remorse about the trouble you felt you committed, that's also what's looking. And if you, want, if you have any feeling for St. Francis of Assisi or any of these great whatever people I came, then listen to maybe what they said, which is what's looking is what you're looking for. What the hell does that mean? He doesn't say who's looking is what you're looking for. He says what's looking is what you're looking for. <clears throat> this looking is the demonstration of what we are right now. It's awareness. It's seeing. Yeah? It's seeing. Every thought needs to be seen. Without illumination, you wouldn't recognize a thought. What is the bringer of light in your life? Yeah? What is the bringer of light? What is allowing me, right now, to get myself into an imaginary trouble? What illuminates that whole stage of a future? There's no future for a stage to be built on. What's illuminating? What's illuminating all my little corridors of the past? What's illuminate them? What does illuminate it? The scene. Yeah? The awareness. The clarity. That's why people who go into deep depression can have such an exquisite description of it. Some writers, they can describe it exquisitely. How could depression, if you were in depression, how could you have such an exquisite description of it? Depression is such a dullness and a total closing down and a deep, deep darkness, yet they have a brilliant light, like a scalpel-like a take on it, because the clarity of mind is still there. Yeah? The clarity of mind is where the description of the darkness comes from. Not from the darkness. The clarity of the mind is providing the descriptions of the darkness. When someone had the dark night of the soul, that was, that was the bright clarity of mind that was allowing that dark night of the soul to be noted. If it was a dark night of the soul, you wouldn't be able to report back about the dark night of the soul. You had no idea about it. Because you wouldn't have seen anything. Yeah? So even the darkest moment is brought to us by light, in a way. Yeah? How could we feel it so deeply if, we, if, if awareness wasn't there? So awareness, in a sense, <coughs> not in a sense, and as a fact, has never left. You know?
So there's a great sense thing called faith of mind, and one of the statements I always love, he says, you know, you don't have to seek the truth, just ch- stop cherishing your own opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah? The light always goes back into the system that the thought is being defined by. Yeah? The mind, to manifest, it's moving through a system to manifest, and now it's taking on the definition of that system, self-centeredness. So now it feels like it's a self, so it can only entertain through the defined mechanism of selfing, which is based in time. So okayness isn't seen as a possibility now, really. It's seen as it once happened and it may happen. Yeah? And the only way I can get to that okayness is by doing it happen. It's not a natural state of it, because I seem to have to be able to be an unokayness. So obviously I have to work, you know? towards the okayness. Why does it seem that you have to work towards it? Because the sense of doership is in place. The only way you can look at something is how do I get there and what do I need to do to get there? Yeah. So this form of seeing, this seeing is put into a form and as soon as the form becomes dominant, the seeing becomes a way of looking called self-centeredness. And then we come, become blind to what's looking because we are based on who's looking. Yeah? So at the exact moment what's looking is going on, we keep calling it who's looking. And that's enough to throw us off the scent. And then we just run around looking for what's looking. Yeah? Hoping this time it will work, even though we think if it's just a different woman it will work, or if it's like a different currency. I got a million dollars in American money, now I'm going to get a million dollars, let's say, in you know, pesos, and, or I'm, I'm a beach in California, I'm going to go to a beach in Bali, you know, but it's like the same formula, we just try to change some of the number locations, so we go, you know, it never equaled really a, a long-lasting state of happiness or just an ease and comfort, but we just say, we'll just shift it, so the problem was she was 5'10", and she needs to be six foot or something, she's got to have blonde hair or whatever, you know, and we just keep, but it's the same formula being applied, yeah? the same formula, and it fails, and it fails, and it fails. But the hope seems to grow eternal, you know? It just keeps, you keep getting moved to keep looking down the same dry hole, calling it a well. And you get the best ropes, and you think, if I can only get a rope that reaches farther, and I make sure my well, my pail has no leaks, and I think if I put it down there, and there's the hope, and I do all the working, and then I pull it up, and it doesn't quench my thirst for long. What do I do? Do I do? Do I go and contemplate the whole situation in the system? No. I get a different pail. I get longer rope, or maybe get synthetic rope, or whatever, with the expectation that this way it will work. Yeah. How many formulas have we followed? Because the basic formula is not addressed. It's still trying to do and have into a sense a sense of being, instead of realizing the sense of, pe- of being is expressing through doing and having. Yeah? We want to shift the whole thing and say, I'm, no, I'm going to do and have myself into a state of being. Alright, all you can do and have yourself into is a state of mind, a mental state. You're not going to do or have yourself into a state of being, because you are a state of being already. Yeah? <laughs> That's why it's called being. Yeah? It's not like there was a state of being and now there isn't, so you're going to find a new state of being. 
or there's a hope there's a better state of what willing that you're going to find. No, the being is ever-presently so. Yeah? And I find that it's a complete system. It's a non-system, but it's complete in and of itself. It doesn't need time. It's not based on time. Everything that's in a process needs time to continue the process. Yeah? It needs time to grow. It needs time to recede. It needs time to pass away. But what's not growing, yeah, what's not trying to find fulfillment, what's not trying to reach a crescendo, what's not attempting to find culmination, isn't based on time. It's timeless, yeah? So it doesn't buy the formula of doing having into getting into a state. It already is a state, yeah? So here, when the mind, if you look at some Buddhism, they say it clearly, the essence of mind is empty. In other words, there is inherently no thing. Yeah? There are no things. Doesn't mean there's not anything there. It's just empty, meaning of no things. It's no things, yeah? Now, and its nature, that's its essence. Its nature is to reflect. That's what it's doing. So right now, many of our minds are reflecting selfing. So the selfing is being reflected, and the selfing seems to be the uh, main dish every day, all day. It seems to be the loudest, yeah, the most incessant, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. So the mind's reflecting that, and the mind reflects it, and then the mind makes a leap. It says all that inference, all that implication, all that insinuation, the mind goes, yeah, and it makes the leap. And it identifies, it makes the reflection in its own, on its own surface. It takes itself to be a body. Yeah? The thought system thinks about this picture in the past, to remember it now. It thinks about this picture on the surface of the mind, the surface. It thinks about this picture in the future, which is also a form of remembering. And now the mind, with all of this, all of these repetitions, Every thought held as you're the thinker, this picture of you. Every feeling, you're the feeler. Every problem, you're the one who has the problem. Every hope, you're the one who has the hope. Everything is being pointed back to this picture. The mind never turns around with its attention and interest anymore. It's just looking out now. It's not looking back. And when it looks back, it runs into this picture. And it says, this is me. It looks no further. It goes, hits this, this is me, the, the adventure is over, and now all its adventures are outside. Always looking to get back, get something for this, because this is the cause of its disease. It doesn't know that, so it's trying to relieve the problem, right? But as the problem. So, it, I, yeah, it may want to have freedom, but it wants to have freedom as this. Not from this. It wants to be free as this. That's not working. It's not working. It's not working. You know what? And if it's not working, it's not working, it's not working, you can probably bet that it won't be working, won't be working, won't be working. How many times do we have to have go through it? As many as it's going to take. Yeah? But let's, we could save time. If you are open to hear a suggestion and let your mind entertain some possibilities, you may save an incredible, valuable thing here, time. 
because time is an ever-present influence in this experience being here. You can save time. You can, instead of having to go through 8,000 examples, you can get it all in one example. Your mind could expand on the invitation and be done with it. Or it could play around and at least start traveling lighter every day while it's just playing around with it. Yeah? So here's this little, little happy face. So my attention's going out like this. And I forget that it goes this way also. So the attention goes out with this, and it goes out pretty far. You think a lot about a lot of things, and you do this, and you have a lot of experiences. But it's stunted this way. It runs into this picture of you. Yeah. So now everything that's met is, is funneled into this one mental point of being you. So you're the one who has all the experiences. You're the thinker of all the thoughts. You're the feeler of all the feelings. So all this stuff is coming to this one incredible mental location. It's way too much for it, first of all. And fuck it, it won't admit it. Admit it. It's overwhelmed. It's over-freaking-whelmed. It would love to give up the ghost, but that system won't. It's just fighting for its own freaking survival. It wants to be crowned as the king, and that kingdom is called me. Yeah? So here it's going, here it's going. So you're caught in this thing called the self-centered loop, the loop of self-importance, yeah? What would happen if you would question that? Am I that? Am I that from where the attention seems to stop? Because as soon as the attention seems to stop, because you think you're the one that's attentive. You think that attention is yours. You think it's your interest. You think a quality of mind is your, your quality. Yeah? You think you're doing it. If maybe you aren't that, that attention is going to go through because there's nothing here. There's no myth. The ball keeps going. This is a fake myth that's creating a whole different ball game. You catch it. Ah, I got it. Now now it's a whole now it's baseball when it was something else, yeah? It goes through. The where do you think where the, the attention is going to go? Where find out? See what happens. See what happens when, as it goes out this way, it's also going this way. Yeah, it's not going this way, and then everything getting bounced to this. Everything is going like this, and this is much even bigger than all of this. So all of this comes here, and then it's all of that. Yeah, I mean it's a huge space the attention and interest goes back to. Not a little location in space, but the space of all locations. Yeah? It's going to produce an effect while you're trucking around. You're going to feel lighter. Things that seem so important in your one drive in your life and your crusade, you'll be, it'll relax. You know what I mean? What was a trot will become a leisurely walk, maybe. Maybe you'll just rest. You won't even, you'll just, the pursuit of happiness won't be a run. You'll be like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll catch up to it later. I'm all right. Yeah? You don't know what it's going to be like, but that, that's the joy of it. There's no root, rote thing you can say it's going to be like. You'll find out. You're relegated to the most precious moment of all, which is I don't know. Because in manifestation, you'll find out. 
either you'll keep finding out you don't know, which is basically the message all the time, is I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and you'll keep finding it out. And it's very liberating, because then the distribution of meaning in your life will shift. The cards of your life will be reshuffled. You won't be doing it, because what you think is an ace may be the joker. Yeah? You're not going to be in charge of the ball game, which you never were anyway. You will stop, the mind will stop playing God. This little, you, the thing is, the juice of God will be removed from that mental process that's playing God with it. See? God doesn't need to play God, it is God. What isn't God plays God. And that's what's happening now. One mental process, a very small little activity, one small mental process is claiming to be the whole enchilada. Yeah? Like I'm the Alpha and the Omega. It's way too big of a shoe for it to wear. Yeah. It's way too big of a hat. But it refuses to admit it. Yeah. And it will die to be right. It finds just as much identification with joy as in suffering. Probably more with suffering. Yeah. It gets probably a bigger reflection of itself that way. That's what it's doing. And it's our interest and attention that's fueling the production. That's where your power comes in. This is not a passive entertaining. It's not you're like a victim and now you found something much bigger than the other thing that's kicking your ass to save you. You are that which can save you, in a sense, because you realize you've never truly been bound. Everything in here is constrained by its non-existence. It can only appear to be so. It can only appear to be so. It cannot break that boundary. It cannot move into the existence of reality. It can only appear to be real based on how you're viewing it. Yeah. So who's the bigger player in this? You. It's great news. That's what they used to talk about called the Gospels. Because the Gospel means good news. That's what the word means. You know. It's good news. So in recovery they talk about we're the problem. We're not people with, pro- with a problem. We are the problem. That's a very... That's actually pretty demoralizing news. Because <laughs> if you're the problem, where's the solution? <laughs> but the beautiful news is, this is the only way there could be a solution if you're the problem, if the problem is identification as a self. So when you're identified as a self, you're the problem. But that doesn't mean you're the problem. That is the solution right there. Because if it's an act of identification, that act can stop. And what will happen? The problem will stop. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is brought to you through the act of identification. The identification weakens, the effects of the problem will weaken. If the light supply to the problem is cut off, the problem won't have so much play in your life. 
and then you'll know the problem from the solution. You will get relief from it, and you'll know what it is. And know what it, know what it is? It ain't. That's what it is. It ain't. So you and I, we bring our hells or our heavens. You know, like we I used to say in AA, you know, if you drop an alcoholic in, he- in, in heaven, it'd be hell in a day. Their point of their way of looking at things would make heaven hell in about a day. <laughs> they think about it, and then it'll get screwed up. <laughs> There's no heaven or hell, obviously. We're, we're the one that brings it about in a sense or entertains it or, or moves it, you know. So. Now I can keep talking about it, and we will today. It's building to a crescendo, this whole event. But the point is, it's the same point we're just massaging in a lot of different ways. We're calling it the foot and the knee or the thigh, but it's the same thing, you know? The same point of view. It's not the particulars, it's not the content, it's the context. There's a false context to our life called self-centeredness. And it's it's allowing us to be blind to the true context of our life, which is awareness or let's say mind, or consciousness, or whatever you want to call it, yeah? The frame is defining the picture. The aperture, or what you're seeing, is defined by the openness of the aperture, yeah? So like they say, let's say an ant has a very small aperture when it's put on the back of an elephant, and when they try to describe the elephant, they can only describe a little bit of the back that they see. And then everyone will laugh. That's not an elephant. But to them, that's what, quote-unquote, an elephant is. Because that's the amount they can see. Yeah? We have the possibility of having a very, very open aperture. But it's been framed by self-centeredness. That's got it locked in a certain opening. Yeah? And it's become a tunnel vision. And all of that's, all of this is not being noted. Yeah? And without this being noted, you don't know what this is in the frame. Yeah? When the frame is here, and you don't have a sense of this, you don't know what's happening here. You don't have the information to see what's going on here. Because what's going on here is all of this, really. This is an appearance. This is like a cloud that if your view was so small, and if you walked outside today and there was just one cloud, but that's all you saw, you would think that was the sky. Yeah? You would go home and write a thing about it, and they say, I saw the sky today, but you actually did it. You saw a cloud in the sky, but that's all you could encompass, is seeing that thing. So from where you were, that's all the sky is. But if, you, if that aperture opened up, and you saw the surrounding space, it would give you a whole different sense of that cloud. And if you saw the space, you would see that the cloud is moving, and it was, and it's moving. It dis, it comes to into an appearance, and it disappears. You ever watch when a cloud formulates and then disappears? That's what's happening all day. It's just it's just cast in longer frames of time. This body, 
seem to have not been here. I had an opportunity when I was younger to help give, you know, participate in a birth, yeah? This lady, Fran Cohen. I was behind her with my back on the wall. We had a full-length mirror against the other wall on a futon. And I had her. She had her, you know, thighs open. I was holding her. Thighs open so I could see the head pop out. It was really freaking cool. There was nothing there and suddenly this thing popped out. It was like a huge vortex in the room. Incredible energy. And then this this head popped out. And then this whole thing started. Yeah? It was just unbelievable. And then I was there when someone was dying and it was the exact same vortex. Exact, almost same energy. Same freaking energy. Coming seemingly and going. Yeah? Cloud accumulating. Cloud, you know, cloud called Malaya or whatever. And then it will dissipate. But the sky that's holding it isn't dissipating. Yeah? The sky was there before, during, and after. How much are we noticing? How much are we noticing it? We're taking what's passing as being so, and what's never passing as being not so. That's how clouded we are, (laughs) our vision. We're, We're not seeing what's here, and we're totally hyper conscious of what's actually really not here, you know, that seems to be here, that's coming and going. We're really acutely aware of all that, but we're not, a, we're not aware at all of what is the context. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I have so much knowledge about that, but what about all this? <laughs> I mean, there are physicists that know there is no world, yet they're still flipping out over their wife, you know, charring their state that night. It's not translating into any traveling lighter. They have all the evidence, they've done the mathematics, they see it, there is no world, but it doesn't matter, it has no weight. It's not helping, it's in a sense, it's not liberating them from any condition, it's probably adding another one on. Now they have knowledge, it's like becoming a professor of holes, but you keep falling in the hole. <laughs> What's the point of that knowledge? I would say the knowledge is, hey, I learn about holes so that I don't fall in holes. You know what I mean? Not so that I can describe holes better. You know what I mean? While I'm in them. Now oh, I'm real, I know I'm in the hole. So what? You know? If you fall in a hole, you fell in a hole. It doesn't matter. I know I'm in it now. Oh, great. How's, how's that working for you? You know? It's like insane. So it's just like a shift. Just you see, the, it was weird with me because someone was telling me how when I first came here, I was really hopping on the thing of noun and verb, you know. Because at the time, that had a big it was having a big impression of the downloads because I saw because my mind makes nouns out of verbs, I lose the verbness of things. Yeah. So instead of seeing this as a process, I think I'm a stable little entity. So this this thing has been crowned a noun. And as soon as this becomes a noun, it starts giving meaning to everything. And that meaning is, it gives direction to everything. I now see things as how they're happening to me. Yeah. Before, everything was just flowing. Yeah. So I, one bit of water isn't going, that, water, that other bit of water is coming at me. The whole thing is moving and flowing. Yeah. So there's no recrimination, hey, that water's running ahead of me and whatever. It's just water flowing. But as soon as I take a position, then everything 
now has a direction based on how does it relate to me. Unbelievable. One little, that's why it says, you know, if you have the slightest distinction, that's heaven and hell is created. Yeah? The whole thing. You miss the whole enchilada. As soon as there's one little discriminatory, discriminating thing, one little, oh, I'm here, then everything is there. Yeah? Everything gets its own there. Yeah? You talk about playing God in AA. This is what the, the little mental process does all day. It plays God. So what, do I want to try to bend all those verbs to my will? I want all these verbs to flow the way I want them to flow. Yeah? And if they flow the way I want them to flow, I'm sure you'll be happy for it. You know, It'll be like a trickle-down happy economy. <laughs> if I'm happy, you obviously will be happy. Why? Because I'm going to be happy. You know? Because I'm the center of it all. So if I'm happy, you're going to have to be happy probably. Yeah? This is called the arrogance of self-centeredness. What would happen? So my head... It hit it that it's a verb. Yeah? That everything is just verbing. Everything is just moving. There's no stable position. There's no location. There's no flagpole. It's like putting a flagpole in, the, in a river and proclaiming, I know now know the river. This is my river. It's just water rushing by. You know what I mean? But I'm now. And, it had, and that for years, that had a very big influence on me. I sort of moved from that. But I just loved it because my mind, my logical, the way I think here, thinks in noun and verbs. It thinks in a subjective language used by objects. And it was, a, it was the, one of the main forms of the blindness that has to be constantly activated so I don't see that I'm seeing. Yeah? <clears throat> and so when I finally, I said, that's... I, because I was getting something, and because I was getting it, that, that, that trying to make no thing into a thing had been dismissed. And then it was obviously easily to see all, all is no thing. But I was attempting to make it into a thing, and that was the, one of the aspects of the blindness. Yeah? Then another other big one was time, the sense of time. The constantly being moving. The mind, the mental process is constantly moving you to the next event moving you to the next situation, moving you. So every moment, no matter how tantalizing, no matter if, let's say you work really hard for years to arrive at a, at a point, you can't stabilize at that point. <coughs> you cannot stabilize. It says in AA, you'll be able to, something will shift in your head and you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. Most people cannot enjoy peace of mind. If peace of mind dawns on them, the thought system totally overrides it by it may not be here tomorrow. So how can that be peace? The peace is available, the mind uses it to, as another form of agitation. That's what it does. Everything, like a helping somebody puts that, that's, it just uses to stir up its own activity. That's the trippy thing. That's the trippy thing as in the sense of being a doer. You'll hear the greatest message, and let's say you, people get into meditation, and then meditation is just used to beat the shit out of yourself. If you miss an hour of it, you know, if you get in the habit of meditating every day, and God forbid you miss that hour, the head's going to be proclaiming the, the day's so bad, i got to get home fast, i got to make up for that hour, I missed the hour. Did, we, did you have that when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about, I need to take retreats. You know, I've got to go home and meditate. I need to find a teacher. I wasn't looking for freaking anything. Maybe, you know, you know what I mean? Because why? 
what I now have made a goal or something that's infrequent or not available that I must do and have to get was readily available at that point. Yeah? It was so obvious it wasn't even being noted. It only became noted when it was sort of lose, was getting lost. Yeah? And by the time I noted it was getting lost, it seemed to be too late. I got sucked up into that fucking mind stream. Yeah? And then all it was about was how do I adapt to this unbearability, basically? How do I eke out a few good days? How do I get high? Yeah? Where can I get mine? Where can I get a freaking break? I know it's not going to last, and I'll probably get arrested for it, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Because what the fuck? I don't want to feel uncomfortable now. Yeah? And I got unbearingly uncomfortable with this thing, and I wasn't uncomfortable with my own skin when I was three years old. I became severely uncomfortable with my own skin when I was six or seven. I grew into it. Yeah, I grew into a state of mind, and if you grew into it, you can grow out of it. We talked about the dilemma of the self can't get out of self. We already talked about that the last session. So then you notice that. You see that, oh, so I can't base on it, oh, the initial movement is, yeah, I want to get out of this place. Because if you are that place, wherever you go, you're taking that place. It's not like, oh, this, this pot is driving me crazy. I'm going to throw this pot out. That would work. Or I'm just going to leave the room where it is. That would work. But if you are taking the pot that's driving you crazy, thinking you are, you're just moving the pot somewhere else to be driven crazy by. So you go to Bermuda, you're driven, driven crazy there. You go to that mansion up in Pacific Heights, you're being driven there. You go to the retreat, you're being driven crazy there. And hopefully it dawns on you, Jesus Christ, this is like a mobile prison, you know? I erect it wherever I am. Of course, I don't erect it, see? But that's the language of doership. I erected it. You did not erect it. It can't be erected. It can only appear to be so. It cannot find, it cannot cross the line of its own limitation. It's unreal. Everything is unreal. What's real is no thing. Yeah? Everything is unreal. Look at that back picture if you can see it. How would you like to feel like that? See the guy? How would you like to feel like that every day? He's having a good day. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He probably looked like a beautiful baby when he was born. You know? He probably was bright as hell at four years old. Running around. <laughs> I've seen it's amazing when you're in recovery because you'll see someone who's gotten sober and they're looking really pretty good. A lot of ease in their face, their eyes are bright. And then two days later they come in and you know they've been loaded because the, the, the dullness is there. 
they look like rabid, you know? The parasites taking them over, and it's almost as if it's bleeding out of their visual, their visage, you know? You can see it. You can see the contour of the parasite over the, almost in their physical look. Yeah, and it's easily recognizable. Like you can see another one who's been taken over by the parasite that you have. You can recognize it. You can see it. It's like, why do they talk about the mark of the devil? The mark of the devil is readily available to be seen. You know, in the Bible, there'll be a mark, what is it, 666? You can see it all over. You can see people that the, that parasite of mind is taking them over, and they're being used for transportation. And see it because if it's if you have if you've had that sense if you've seen it if you've lived those nights where you were just calling people up hoping they had cocaine you know you would have sold your grandmother if you could to get up you'll drive anywhere at four in the morning and you knowing it's shitty stuff and you'll still put it in your veins something's driving you to an intense extent yeah that seeking that ravenous feeling of I am so scared to be left with myself you know that's pretty incredible, right? So, you know, I've seen it over and over and over again. And, you know, I love to see... It's amazing. You hope that it takes root when there's the relief. And it's such a... You know, it's not like I'm, I don't expect it, but when somebody you've known for years... Like my first fairy princess in recovery... I really liked this woman. I, it was the first. I'd just been sober, and I felt what you would call love, I guess. I hadn't felt in a long time. I really was enamored with this lady, and we got together, and of course, we were both in a, incapable of having a viable relationship. You know, we were both sort of pretty much shut down, but we did the best we could. And she's, she and I got sober at the same time, and then uh, after 22 years, she went out. You know? And uh, first, she didn't tell anybody. I had lost contact. I still know her. She lives near me, and we still stayed as friends, but I hadn't seen her much. But she, I, I went to a meeting, and she looked really different, and she said that she had been drinking without telling the truth. And then she thought she'd just have a few drinks here and there, and then, of course, there's no control, and the thing took over. And what she lost the most was that sense of access to that higher power. She couldn't seem to feel that again, and she had come to... Uh, she grew accustomed to that and almost didn't probably uh, honor it that much, thinking it was always going to be there, because it had been there for quite a while, and now it was seemingly absent again. And she's been, she can't get sober. It's unbelievable. You know, she said she has a lot of money now. She went to the highest, some high-end place in Utah, got loaded as soon as she got out, doing this and that, got loaded. She just fell and broke her nose, you know, walking the dogs and, you know, stuff like that, just on and on and on. And it's amazing, there was the grace that was there, and now the mind has put, has provided a requirement that she can't break through. Yes? Because all the requirements are on your side. The grace is always available at all times. But if the mind is left to be able to play God, it will say no. And she saw it, and it's just, you know, now it's been two years now and watching it, and it's sort of like incredible. Because I used to see her, and she's pretty light and everything, and now she's, she's got some strong, really heavy heaviness over her. This is what happens, you know, all rooted in that identification with self. 
though, like they say, it's much easier to stay sober than to get sober. So if you've been given the gift of a little relief, man, honor that gift and entertain it. Hopefully pass it on in some form or another, holding space for people or whatever it is, so that it stays fresh. Yeah? Because that head is running a huge campaign constantly, trying to advertise, this isn't it, it sucks, it's never going to get better, it's, I've lost it. That's one of the worst I've seen. People think they got it, and somehow or another they believe they did something to lose them, <laughs> this message, and then now they're in a spiritual hell. They're in like a non-duality hell. You know what I mean? I got it, and now I can't get it, and I have no recourse to get back to it. It's one of the biggest tricks of mine. Yeah? What we said earlier was, if you have a sense of it, yeah, if you feel like you have a sense of connection, that's still an appearance. When you have a feeling that you're disconnected, that's an appearance. But when you have the sense of a connection, sense that, yeah, and then you'll have it when it doesn't appear to be so. Yeah, you'll have the sense of connection even though your head doesn't feel it so. You will have overriding the plain God, and then there will there'll be a whole other state you'll be participating in. Yeah, like what Ramana Maharshi says. To know God, to know God and become a knower of God is becoming an unknower of God, becoming a knower of God, becoming an unknower of God. He says to know God is to be God. Once you be God, there ain't no not being God. Yeah? Even when there's the appearance of not being God, that's being God. Yeah? To know God, then when it appears that you don't know it, that's the truth. Yeah? Because you believe the truth that you are a knower of God. Yeah? The knower of God begets the unknower of God, begets the knower of God, the unknower of God. Knower of God being God, there's no begetting knowing and unknowing. Yeah? It's much more established. It's not a state of yes and no, close and far, connected and disconnected. It's a state of absoluteness in a way. It's always available at all times. Right as you are. Rest there. Yeah. So, any questions? Okay. The Kundalini is a, is, a, is either rising or having espresso. Yeah. I don't know. The energy is. I'm always at the point of feeling like I'm having a heart attack. Quite a lot. Over the years, I went through a period that was really heavy for months. Ah, oh, shit. I got to such a point. One night, I, uh, a couple of nights, I took the money I have in my room. I live with a group of people. Took the money that I had in my room and put it in an envelope, and I stuck the top of the bills out, and I put it on a nightstand because I was sure I was leaving that night. Just was like, just got so much. I didn't think I could take it, you know? It's been, this has been like, like a hovering state now for the last three years. <laughs> it's really, and I've never gone back to the way I felt before. It just was like, it's like a, it's not available anymore. <laughs> it's just, you know, that sense of like, uh, I don't know what, I, I can't even remember it anymore the way it was, but it's just been like high alert, you know, in a lot of ways. There's a lot of perks to it, but there's also on the physical end, and the mental, the mind's uh, interpretation of it is warning, warning, warning. It's very concerned. Yeah? Like it's red lights constantly blinking. And I, and I see that, yeah? Because the consciousness is there. I'm aware of it. 
And uh, it's been amazing to live through it. And so, and it's been helpful for others because people call me and they tell me they're having like an event like that, you know, for maybe a day. This has been going on for years. So <laughs> I tell them, I tell them, if you don't die and you don't act out, everything will be really great. <laughs> you don't pass away and you don't act out. You know, if you don't do something really stupid like the me getting loaded or something, then it just, it's just, it's, it has its great advantages. But. You know, I sometimes it was you know when you were young and you just thought you had a body, you weren't feeling everything so much. Really, you didn't really even know. Maybe you had two emotions, anger and whatever. All that stuff. It's not like that. It's just like every second, it's something. It's like that. That's what it's like. Every second, you hear a different scratch or something, and the mind doesn't know what it is. So it's always what's going on, and of course, it wants to know. That's its drive, yeah? It wants to know what's going on, but it's not privy to it. And it drives it crazy, yeah? And it's incredible in a way to wa- sit through it and watch it. It's really, it's amazing. It's amazing uh, adventure. So while I'm doing the most mundane thing, I'm on this incredible adventure. Because it's, every second, This I can't say I'm in any stable condition. Yeah? Every freaking second, there's a different message happening in the body, the emotions, everything. Millions, it's like, you know, the old telephone operators where they had the thing? I, too many calls are coming in. <laughs> so, yes, 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 Mr. Yes, yes. And it's all like, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul, no one's home, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul, no one's home, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul. And they want to get through, and there's nobody there. <laughs> Come on, get Mr. Paul on the phone. He's not here. If it was Mr. Paul, and he could own it and make it into something, but there's no one here. <laughs> so I'm sitting here, not thinking, do the people like me enough? Am I going to die in the next second? That's what's happening. <laughs> Am I going to pass away in Toronto? I'd like to call my girlfriend and say hello to her before I go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> before I used to play with all the little stuff. Now it's gotten to its big card. You're going to die. <laughs> I've been on this note for years now. You're going to die. All right. Okay. Get it over with. <laughs> You're passing away at any minute. Okay. Go ahead. You know. It's funny. <laughs> You can see it. It's a very small system, you know? Very small system, but very agitated. Very agitated. And it and it feeds on attention and interest, yeah? It doesn't have its, any fuel of its own, so it has to find yours. It's so like a vampire-ish, parasitical. And it'll do almost anything to get your attention. Like when a kid wants your attention, you know, they climb up, hey, mom, look at me, you know, this is more, this is more. To the 800 degree, it's way past that, you know? Because without you, without your juice, there ain't been, there's nothing there. Yeah? It doesn't have a light source. It's only an appearance. It has to be projected. Yes? And it has to be seen by the scene to even have any kind of dance. So. Yeah. Any quite Let's go with questions, yeah? And then we'll try to eat it out to the last minute and then <laughs> I'm going to be freed this is the hard now I go from here I have now they're all one night talks which I like 
I got to go from here to New Jersey and to Philadelphia. And uh, yeah. yeah, this is like the hardest thing for me in a way because I don't. It's hard to think of talking about it for four hours because I'm actually against that. I, I don't believe it's a, a good delivery system, but it works for me because I get cooked here. Yesterday I got cooked unbelievably. Some sand, the sanders that came up was never any images, just 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 raw, raw thing. But it was leading to a bad, not a bad, but a cathartic event, and I didn't feel like flopping on the floor with everyone here, you know, like a fish out of water. Probably would have gone well. He would have been videoing it, you know, you know how someone's dying and the journalist is just taking pictures, like instead of helping them. Oh, I got him. Oh, thank you. Thank you for picturing me dying. <laughs> but I would go into a point, I would go into that point, and then it sort of backed off. Like I could feel it going, but then it backed off. It gave me grace. It's all right, not that awesome. But, uh, I like to have my cathartic events, you know, privately. Yeah, so, uh, nice, uh, like in my own room in my bed. Yeah, yeah. not in Toronto, <laughs> Richmond and Spadina. <laughs> so you know, while we're listening, a lot's going on with everyone. Yeah, for me, it's a lot of energy happening, big, a lot of energy, and over the years, my. Uh, my system had to be converted to like from 110 to 220, really, and it hasn't, you know, for the, on a physical, emotional, mental level, it's been a, a, a interesting operation, you know, for it to be able to handle the juice because before it had bad effects on me, not bad physically, terrible problem with digestion and everything like this, and the talks were just everything that was going off wrong with me would be uh, amplified, you know, physically and stuff. Now it's gotten a lot better, but there's still the juice sometimes. Like that lady said the other day, she felt that impact. I'm feeling that impact, that energetic impact all the time. It's really cool when it's felt outside. She took it maybe as too much, but, you know, to me that's it, really. That energy is, um, you know, I don't know. Do you ever see the movie? I'm going to just riff a little bit on something. I'll record it. You ever see the movie Sunshine? Sunshine's a cool movie. Have you seen it? Guys done by Danny Boyle, who did those those zombie movies, Twenty Eight Days Later, Twenty Eight Days, and he did uh, he did Some Dog Millionaire, and Train Spotting. I think it's really good. But he did this movie where they go on a fight. There, uh, they said said that the Earth is getting too is is the, the sun is dying, so the Earth obviously is going to die. So they had sent an expedition to the sun, and which is unbelievable. They, they have to build this like huge umbrella that reflect all the light, so, or they get fried. Yeah, it's really cool. And that thing had failed, and they don't know exactly why. So they send up another expedition, and so these people are on it, and these and they some they, there's a viewing station where they have a computer that, that generates the viewing window to let the uh, the amount of sunlight that they can handle. Yeah, so these people, the guy sits there, and it, it's they, it says you can only take like two percent. So the thing opens up a little, and then this light hits them, and it's like a religious, spiritual experience. It's really cool. They're sitting there, boom, and they see light. They see the light. Yeah, 
it's really cool. And so the one guy who's a psychiatrist is getting really into it, so he's pushing it a little bit. He's wanting to see how it, and he's getting sunburned, you know, his skin sort of peeling, he doesn't care, because he's getting the download, he's seeing the light. It's such a great metaphor. I think it was just a great movie for me. He sees he's seeing the light and he's and he's ready to go for it. He says, Fuck it, I'm going for it. Let's move it up, you know? Let me get a whole blast of light. Because he sees this one guy gets you mind me telling you? This one guy, he climbs up to fix something that was broken on the spaceship and he has to go outside. And the guy is uh two of them went out and the the captain gives up his life and he's there and they he sees the whole extent of the sun. And he's just standing there, this giant wind's hitting him, but you can see that he's getting it, you know? He's just like, and he's dying, but he's not dying, you know? Yeah, it's just it's just a great metaphor. It's just this whole thing. The, and the way they do it, the light just... And they goes, yeah, yeah. Just dig it, yeah. yeah. Check it out, it's a good movie. It turns them into little Hollywood. There's a bad thing happening, of course. <laughs> but the, the intrigue of getting addicted to that light really got me, you know? So, any questions? Yes? The, uh, the self-centeredness, I'm in a state where it's driving me crazy and the mind just grabs everything and the fear of being left alone with one's self. Um, any tips on what I can see all this connecting with everything you're saying here I'm just getting these little glimpses and gone I wish they were going to last a little longer or what's the fear driven yeah, do, do you do any service up there? a, a little bit not why don't you do a little more yeah yeah because yeah. I'll give you an example of a little relief and then the mind will chew on that and it will be able to entertain more relief but service has a way of pulling the, the mind out of that system of self, at least for a short period, yeah. a little bit, you know? And so you'll feel a little relieved, maybe more so than the, than the uh, activity you're trying to do to get the relief now. You know, all the reading, maybe, or all the studying. Mm-hmm. It may pr- produce a quicker effect by just helping someone else that you don't know. Not that you don't know, it's probably better. Like a stranger type, yeah, yeah. There's too many energetic bonding patterns with people you know, too much is going on. But if you do a service to someone that you don't know, in a way, you'll see. Like, I, we shared it last, we shared it the other, yesterday, I guess. Wasn't it? Yesterday, Friday. Whatever, it doesn't matter. About this, the sense of service uh, pulling you out to a state of availability. You'll feel available. See, you need the solution to know the problem. You need the relief to know what the problem was. You never know the problem from the problem, to tell you the truth. Yeah? The real knowledge about the problem is from the solution, which is usually in the state of relief from the problem. Yeah? That's when you understand it. Like most alcoholics don't know anything really about alcoholism until they get sober. Yeah? When they get sober, now they start learning about alcoholism. Though they were in the experience of it all day, but they had no freaking idea what was going on. Now that they're out of the experience of it, now they can get to see. Yeah? So you know the problem from the solution. So if you do service, I, my, this is just my experience. It always worked for me, always. 
I, it would pull me out of my story. It would pull me out of my engagement with this very small view. And I would feel available. I'd feel like more available, bigger, and which is lighter. Yeah. And then in that lightness, I would sense, and the name I would, we gave it in my community is, I sense the presence of a higher power. Yeah. I sense this presence. You know? Okay, so what happened is, though, the habit of my mind was always to go back into the selfing, and therefore the same irritability, restlessness, and discontent would reach a certain level, and then I would, I had now had the information of how to get relief from that, which wasn't getting high, but was to go do service, yeah? So then I would do the service again, you know, maybe going to a, a detox or whatever, or just helping someone move or something like that. And then, I would feel that availability, once again, and I'd sense a presence. So, after a while, this happened for years, and it was a pretty damn good batting average. It worked almost every time. Yeah? And sometimes I'd be in, I could be in the heaviest state, and I'd go to a meeting at a, a hospital or an institution, and it would maybe take ten minutes to break me out of that trance, and I'd be available to what was going on, <clears throat> sense the condition of others, yeah? be able to be used, and then I'd sense a presence. Happened, incredible batting average. Always seemed to work. Okay? <clears throat> After this happened many, many times, one time it happened, and then it started happening in a different way, which was I did the service, seemingly you think you're doing service, service is being done, let's say. There's no you doing it, but service is being done. I feel the availability, and I sense the presence, but then I entertain, I'm that presence. Yeah? I'm having experience a mental interpretation of this, and it seems to be the, the more dominant one, but I'm actually the presence that I'm, I think I'm having an experience now. But it's not an experience. I'm actually getting a glimpse of my own innate state. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> when that started happening, at one point it got recalibrated where this got more stock than that got. Yeah? Like 51% of my interest and attention moved from the corporate corporation of self to this. Yeah, which it made me sort of caused me to have an immunity for that, and then from there I realized I realized I'm always available because I'm present. Presence is available. Yeah, it's the only thing that is available. What's presently here? Yeah, so I'm always available, and if I'm always available, that's being of service. Yeah. Now, so here I was doing a, an action seemingly action to produce a little relief from this huge machinery of selfing. Then there was a quantum leap to, I'm the presence that seems to be the, the end result of this action. I'm actually the presence yeah, of which I was casting as a result of this action. But I'm actually way bigger than any result. I'm the presence that's always there at all times. So now, I'm not just doing service, I'm of service. In other words, I'm open to be used because why? I'm available. You can't use, let's say, a tool that isn't available. You can't use anything that isn't available. Yeah? The thing has to be available to be used. So now I'm available, so I'm used, and that's being of service. So now what was something I did becomes a way of life. <coughs> huge, huge, huge difference in the effect. Yeah? Instead of having it in this little field of I'm the doer and I've got to do the service 
and I'm helping you, actually you're helping me, tell you the truth, more than I'm doing anything for you. Yeah, it goes like this, that I'm available, I am that presence, and I am of service. So, at any moment, at any time, I can be of service. Like when my girlfriend's having a hard day, and I can see she's having a hard day, and I have that urge to attempt to correct her, and I don't. I just hold her to space, and I just love her just the way she seems to be. Yeah, instead of having become the teacher and tell her, you know, this is not this way. That can easily be given up because this is what's available. Just being present. Yeah? And so now there's a recognition instead of just an inflexible dogma of how I'm going to help you. <laughs> or what's going to help you. <laughs> yeah? How can you ever come up with this stuff? It can't come up. You can't bring it out of a system that doesn't have it in it. There's an unplugging, and then some, it's plugged to somewhere else, and other modalities get ex- demonstrated through you, because everything, all mental winds, all these potentials, are seeking expression. Yeah? They can't take form. They're just there. Compassion, you'll never see compassion as a form. It's just a quality that's available, and it needs to seek expression through form to have a splash here. Where that form? Yeah? Let's say insects. Very little possibilities go through insects' door. Animals, more possibilities go through theirs. Maybe mammals, dolphins and whales, much more possibilities go through theirs. They can sing and be heard 2,000 miles away. An insect isn't being heard 2,000 miles away by another insect, is it? I don't think so. But here, we are a big door. A lot of mental wings, a lot of possibilities were totally willing to come through here if the door is open for that to happen. If it has self on it, it's a pretty closed system. Yeah? It's going to be pretty much the same old, same old, all the time. This is, the possibilities are available. And then you'll know that they were available when they demonstrate to you. You'll realize, you'll go, Jesus Christ. You'll know, comprehend the word serenity and you'll know peace. You'll have a new freedom and a new happiness. Not an old run-of-the-mill type, just a renovated old idea of freedom and happiness. You'll have a brand new one that will get your attention because you won't have any idea what's going on. You'll just find out about it. Yeah, It produces an extreme alertness. Yeah? You'll have a new attitude and a new outlook upon life. Not just a rehashed other old attitude and outlook. You'll have a whole new one. Not brought about by you, but through you. Through this. I've seen it in my own life. My mind changed, and then it was just hunting on how to articulate it. What motivated that drive to articulate it wasn't the mind that wanted to, not wasn't me trying to articulate it, it was that which wanted to be articulated. Yeah? That's what it is. It's a constant challenge. It's a great challenge. It's like being a jazz player, improvising on the same note. I've been playing the same note for years, just trying to find different themes and tunes to go along with it. 
do some old reliables like Zen, Zen scriptures and then some new stuff. You know, do, do, do little, little dramas and plays, everything. But it's the same freaking note every time, year after year. Did you, what are you going to talk about today? The same thing I talked about yesterday. Is there going to be new topics today? No. It's not going to be a new topic. Are you going to do anything different today? No, probably not. Well, when are you going to show any something? No, I'm not going to show anything. Yeah? Let's be true to it. Yeah? It's like a great challenge. I mean, it's easy to describe something you see as a thing, but to try to attempt to describe the, 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 the whole disguising mechanism of the head is pretty, it's a pretty intriguing challenge. It's fun. It keeps me a, a, I'd be bored stiff here. I get bored easily. My mind doesn't, you know, it's chewed this over and over again. I'm tired of this, you know. But this is something that you, is, produces infinite curiosity. Jesus Christ. Yeah. To explore that, you know. And an attempt to bring something out of, from there to here is an amazing uh, privilege. To be able to attempt to bring something from there into a form that can be understood here is freaking unbelievable gift. It's like a great gift I've been given for a while. Yeah? Now, if it, was t- if it stops tomorrow, I'd be fine with that. But it's wonderful while it's going on. Even though I like to gripe and bitch about it, it's very, very, I'm incredibly uh, just beyond uh, honoring and respect for it. You know? So, do get some... Get into some kind of service. Commit yourself to being somewhere where you don't think you want to be, like you're going to miss out if you're there. Maybe go to a soup kitchen or something. Just try it. And see how you feel afterwards when you're walking away. If you feel better. When your mind says, well, it's because I just, I feel I have a better sense of pride. It's just trying to mask it with its own take. It's trying to put its own uniform on it. Go with that feeling and let it build, yeah? And then you can go back to these things, these teachings, and hear these talks, and there'll be an understanding more readily available. Because you'll have a familiarity of feeling a relief from that, which we're talking about. Yeah? You don't get, you can only get a certain point by knowing the pain of it. The real knowledge comes from when you identify or you become familiar with the relief from it. That's when it gets really juicy. When you, when you, there's a familiarity with the relief from it. That's when it gets really cool. Yeah, we already got. We have all the knowing about the problem really in place. Yeah, I mean the suffering from underneath it. We're now trying to describe it from another point of view, that so you can see it from another place, and then see it for what it is, which it ain't. Yeah. Yep. What's your opinion on um, like being involved in? You know, intimate relationships, like, you know, the person you're with, is she involved in spirituality and awakening, or not? Oh, yeah, she comes to the meetings all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you think it's necessary for, like, I'm asking for myself, I suppose, like, do you think it's necessary for the person you're with to be... No. ...lined up with this, or...? No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I love this water. She never goes in the water. Yeah. At first, I you know I gave up on that quickly. I mean, she's not going in. You know, <laughs> you know if 
had any idea I, I was going to surf, you know. <laughs> that ain't happening. I love to see her because she had no no training. She's been freed from all of the seeking. She's never into anything like this. And so when she comes on, when she used to go with me on my trips, she would she could really see the people. They're making it so this making it so complex, you know. She just got the message, and she's really enjoying the life of traveling lighter. And she, she actually felt sorry for people. <laughs> they were just twisted up in knots trying to figure it out, and she had no drive to figure it out. She just came. She didn't know what I was talking about in the beginning. She probably still doesn't know what I'm talking about, but she got the, the sense, yeah? And it translated into her traveling lighter through her affairs, and she's been through hell. She got colon cancer and you know tons of stuff has happened in the years I've known her and uh, I've watched her and she's traveled damn well and her uh, her love for me is unwavering it blows my mind she's just on the money all the time she's the most reliable quote unquote person I've ever met she's just she's so there yeah it's really, it's pretty damn impressive. So, no, I don't believe anything is essential. It might even be better, you know. I like her have her own life, and I have my own life. I don't want to do everything she does, and I don't want her to do what I do all the time. Yeah? I want her to have her life, and then we get together and share our little life, and then about what we're doing, you know. So, yeah. But I like traveling with her. It's nice to have someone on the plane and everything. Because usually no one talks to you on planes, yeah? You sit on the plane. If you put two monkeys together on a plane, after a while they'd be picking at each other and loving. We're just sitting there, you know, with the TV and the food. And, you know, the animals would have more contact than humans, you know? <laughs> they'd be like, ah, Is that there going to be here for a trip? No, I'm moving it. Okay. <laughs> hey, lady, it's all right. Yeah, all right. I'm not crossing this thin line here. <laughs> so, yeah. No more questions? Oh, yeah. Right. The, the service and the ego, I don't know if you have personal experience, but doing service here, ego says, hey, let me. Yeah, yeah, that's going to arise. I can have service there and be on TV. Or maybe I can have Yeah, yeah, but just do the service. Is there anything to shut that ego down? Well, seeing it will sooner or later. If you just see it. If you keep seeing it, there'll be a point where the shift of the emphasis will be on what's seeing it. You know, you're thinking it's who, it's you that's seeing it to what's seeing it. And that's the beginning of the calibration getting set to another like location once the stock goes to 51% you'll start traveling stabilize the traveling lighter you will that's what happens I've watched it over and over again over the years I've seen a lot of people come and go I have consistent meetings for four years more actually 19 years where I live but four, year, four years since the website and I've watched a lot of people come and I'd say that most of them are traveling lighter they just entertain the possibility it integrates into the little way of life, whatever that way of life is, and they travel lighter through the terrain of their existence. What more do you want? Yeah? And what is, light, what is traveling lighter going to be get? Probably more traveling lighter. Yeah? 
I mean, it makes sense. If something's working, let it keep working. You don't have to put more engines on it, you know? You don't have to try to rev it up. And don't be polishing the mirror. <laughs> the mirror can reflect perfectly, you know? All you're going to end up is seeing your own reflection polishing it. <laughs> you want it to just, yeah, you don't have to polish the mirror. You don't have to spit shine awareness. It's aware. You know, it's got, a, the awareness is aware enough, you know? <laughs> you know, it doesn't need your participation in a sense on that level. It's just entertaining it, entertaining it. And then, Honoring it when it demonstrates in your life. Yes? So you get weaned off the ad, the advertising of the mind and you start getting based on in really what works and what doesn't work. Yes? We have the ability to recognize that. We really do. You can recognize what works. And the best way to recognize what works is when it's been working. Yeah? When it's been working, you'll get it. You'll go, geez. And then you entertain it. Entertain the possibility. Like in AA, we say, God can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So everyone I see, I work with, I always say, well, expand that idea. Throw more things into that circle of things you can't do for yourself. If God can do for you what you can't do for yourself, why are you just throwing one or two things in there? <laughs> expand, exactly. Expand the freaking circle, throw the whole enchilada in there. How is the principle only going to work in this? Oh, it only works in this one topic? It's a principle. It, 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 it's above circumstances and situations. It, 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 it overrides circumstances and situations. That's why it's a principle. Yes? It's a principle that, that's, that's a, a, a wise thread running through all the consequential variations. Yeah? So, if God can do for you... See, for me, the demonstration was in alcoholism. I had the greatest demonstration that I could have in one's life. Since I was young, this thing called alcoholism was driving this experience crazy. Led me to incredible bad places in a way. Institutions, jails, and death, and stuff like that. Inability to have a viable relationship. Unable to receive or give love. Uh, tons of, tons of, uh, just tons of qualities that were sort of tarnished and seemingly removed by that occupation. And then, one day, 1988, you know, it was so wild because a lot of people in recovery talk about coming in through a bottom, you know. Things got so bad, something happened so bad, and they got so sick and tired of being sucked and tired, finally something happened. I didn't, that didn't happen with me. I had, I could pretty much adapt to the lowest, lowest of all the low bottoms. Like, this was unbelievable how low I could go. Like they say, you know, the only what a bottom is is when you can't lower your standards quick enough. It finally catches you where you can't lower your standards quick enough. But my, I can lower my standards pretty fast. And so I was in a trailer park. I'd been on a four-day jag, you know, drinking. I, I'd been drinking all the time, but I went out St. Patrick's Day, 1988, March 17th. And I ended up March 20th sort of coming to in a trailer park about two hours north of San Francisco, Sitting in a trailer with a guy I didn't know, didn't know who the hell he was. We had a mutual acquaintance, I think. We knew the same person. <laughs> and I was looking, and we were drinking a bottle of this cheap vodka, Royal Gate vodka, about 90 cents a pint in America. They probably have a Canadian Royal Gate, you know, that's so cheap. <coughs> and uh, 
I was just trying to, you know, I was just trying to connive and wait and get stay as high as I could so I could get some drugs, you know. Basically, that was my agenda. I wasn't thinking about anything getting better, or I'd given up all hope pretty much. I was just going to survive, try to survive until I parked at the next door of jails, death or institutions, you know. And then suddenly I'm looking at the guy, and he had a big bulbous nose and varicose veins, and something happened. I looked, I, I saw him as a bum, you know. He looked like a bum to me, and all that that meant. And then it looked like he was looking at me like I was a bum. And for some reason it hit me. We call it a moment of clarity. It, and it froze the selfie. The selfie got stopped. It was like a portal opened. And there was a download. Lasted for a couple of minutes. And my life changed that day. I didn't have another drink since. Over 25 years. But I, I didn't pick up the bottle. I wasn't thinking about making any phone calls. I suddenly got an urge to go out to a phone booth, call a program I'd lived in for two years. I had left ten months earlier. been loaded for ten months. They asked if they'd take me back. I did that. That didn't work. They had been getting my newsletter. They didn't want me back right away. They said, you can come in a month and get in, take an interview, but that mean, doesn't mean you'll get in. And I honestly showed up, and I said to them the first honest thing I'd said in 10 months, and that is, I don't think I have a month. I don't think this is going to work out. You know, strong foreboding. There was bad news ahead. And uh, so I call up a woman. I convinced her to come and help me from the city. She drove up. On the way back down to the city, I had forgotten the moment of clarity. I wanted to get high again. I had no money, so I tried to talk her into buying something, buy some drugs. Uh, well, there was a little bit of an equation I used to run, you know, you buy the drugs, get the dirty magazines, cop the coke, shoot coke with the person. But usually for the woman, it wasn't that satisfying, you know? <laughs> so, I, and she had done it with me a number of times, and it wasn't that satisfying. So she, I started to run that number, and she says, listen, Paul, do you want a place to stay tonight? And that's what I wanted, you know? I had nowhere to go, didn't have no, you know, it was, and I said, yeah, I do, and she said, well, you got, you got to, uh, you got to go to an AA meeting, and if you go to the meeting, I'll let you stay at my house, so I said, all right, I'll go to the meeting, I've never been to an AA meeting, but it sure sounded better than the last time I had that deal, because the last time I had a deal about staying somewhere, I made a two-year commitment that program that she's asking me for an hour so I said sure I'll do it it seemed like progress to me I could do an hour on my head so she took me to my first meeting and what happened was that portal that five minutes of, of interruption what was downloaded in there set off a train of circumstances that has brought me a huge amount of fortune in my life you know I ended up, it conspired for me to go to my first meeting the next day, and I've been sober and clean ever since. And uh, from there, from as the active activity of getting loaded stopped, I could take a breath and start learning about what motivated me to get loaded, what, was, what had taken me over, what I was powerless around, what, was, what were the causes and conditions of that situation that I was constantly living in without any understanding what was going on. 
And I slowly, they taught me, hey, this is why you're screwed, you know? And I, uh, I heard them, and I knew the problem, you know? I knew it. I knew it so deeply, but that didn't lead me to the solution. I needed them to tell me, and, and the way they provided it, that became the solution, yeah? And uh, just entertained the ideas they gave me, and they said, listen... You know, we said, you know, you should come back to another meeting. So I said, well, I hope you're right. I'll come back to another meeting. So there's a statement in the A that says that, you know, you make a decision based on fear and it sets off trades of circumstances that bring you misfortune you feel you don't deserve. And that's usually the loop you keep staying in. The more misfortune you have that you don't deserve, the more you drink at it, and then more goes on and on, never ends. So... It, the first meeting broke that chain because I started making decisions based on hope. They said, hey, you should come back tomorrow. I said, well, I hope you're right. I will try it. They said, you should get it. You should sit in the front and listen to who's ever speaking. I said, okay, I hope you're right. I'll do that. And they said, we suggest you get this book. And I said, okay, I don't have any money. They gave me a book. Yep. So I got home that night to her house. She picked me up. It was a men's meeting. She couldn't even go in. She picked me up after the meeting. And I tried to sleep, and the miracle kept going on that night. I woke up, and the next morning, that incessant urge to escape wasn't as strong. And I could really tell the truth about my condition, and that was, I better call this thing called AA, because I can't wait till 8 o'clock for the next meeting. i got to find if there's an earlier meeting. I'm not going to make it. It's too many hours. So they told me there was one at 12, and I went to that one, and then I haven't stopped going for 25 years. That's what happened. And then that problem, that was the biggest influence in my life, the biggest influence, bar not anything, of alcoholism, has grown to a position where it doesn't exist for me anymore. That's a damn good solution, don't you think? Yeah. So, I have an incredible amount of uh, that demonstration. I don't need any more convincing. I have the ability to be convinced, and that was the clincher. Something that could stop that momentum of that disease in its tracks and have my life, which should have just exploded once again with all that momentum going down, and have it turn around in one night and start going up, is just mind-boggling to me, and it's continually mind-boggling to me. Yeah. So, if people seek demonstrations, there is a thing you've got to realize you may have a, a, there may be a little glitch that you're, you have the inability to be convinced. And it's a really great thing to pray for, the ability to be convinced. Because life is, can convince you very easily of what's going on if you just look at it. Yeah, with the right glasses. So that's how it happened. I just, I had the ability to, I don't know, share about things. You know, I can't tie my shoelaces, but spiritual concepts are easy for me. <laughs> I can understand, like, metaphysical stuff very easily. But other stuff here, I don't, it's a difficult time. I just don't, can't figure it out. So, uh, I was used greatly. A girlfriend of mine said, hey, I think you should help people in the program and teach them how to do this thing called the fourth step. I think you'd be really good at it. So I started doing that, and I did that for 19 years. You know, and then, but I heard this after about 11 years of sobriety, this kind of message, and it became the last answer, you know. 
and I couldn't turn back, so I stopped. I moved out of the nuts and bolts of showing how things work into just, you know, getting to the real root, I thought, of the problem, which is identification as self, which actually caused my career at AA to go downhill. You know what I mean? <laughs> the big time. They didn't keep an open mind, did they? Well, a lot of people don't like to hear this. They like to hear it, but they don't want to hear it again. <laughs> they really like to hear it. They're very enthused, but when they start thinking about it, they get unenthused. Like I would tell people, they really love what I say at meetings, and they say, well, go to Zen Bishlap. I never hear from them again. So, but the thing is, as it says in our program, to be true to thyself, well, I'd be, I wouldn't have integrity, integrity if I wanted to get back into doing and having and what to do and what to have. It wouldn't work for me. So, uh, i just been doing this, and then we opened, why am I telling you this? I don't know why, we, then we had the website put up four years ago, and then all hell broke loose. Because then people from outside of recovery started getting in touch with us, and asking me to come to Toronto and other places and start speaking. And so that's what I did. So now this whole other thing is happening. So now I'm attending a lot of situations with people, and then I realize everyone's recovering from something, to tell you the truth. And so that's all. That's all I'm doing. Just to see the assignment and uh, just show it up. And that's all you need to do. Show up. Things are revealed. You show up. The seat assignment isn't like a, a throne. There's no engraved thing saying Paul had been on it. Like musical chairs. If the music starts playing, I get up. And if I if it stops and I'm at this chair again, I sit down. It's been doing that. That doesn't mean it will keep doing that. One day it'll probably go on in the chair and I'll walk by and there'll be another chair I get in. See the assignments change, yeah. But you'll know when you're in your seat assignment because you are in it right now. Yeah. Right moment. You know what I mean by seat assignment? It's just, what's, it's just the position you're in in life, yeah? You'll know it. So, that's all. That's all we're doing. <coughs> it's not based on if anyone's hearing it, it's just that the possibility of it being heard. That's my job, is to. Is to is to uh, hand you over the spiritual subpoena. You go to court or not? I don't care. <laughs> really? So there you have it. Is that it? Or no? No more? Right. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like being wrung out like a towel. (laughs) (laughs) But it just became like the last answer in a sense. I haven't been looking for anything else. And then when you stop looking for anything else, you realize how much looking was going on. You really do. Well, all there is is looking for something you don't know. But when it stops, and you really realize what a form of slavery that is, you know? Because usually when you find it, you don't even investigate it long enough to really find what's on offer. You try to add on to it. You throw another teacher on it, or another path, or another practice. After a while, if there's any effect, you don't know what's having anything to do with anything. You know? Of course, it's all mine, but I like it. If something really stops you in your tracks, stand there for a while. Let's sink in, maybe. 
Yeah. Well, I found from, because I've been in uh, 14 years in recovery too, I really find your message to, uh, <coughs> it kind of completes something that was unfinished in the program. Like, you know, God bless all the people who, you know, have their experiences there, but uh, it really seems to really address the, the core of what the whole, whole problem is, the whole dilemma. And it's, and then after that, you don't have to be taking cross steps over and out and stuff like that. And like you said, <coughs> do some service. This one guy asked me, well, he met the guy, uh, my sponsor, he had the other day. And I told him when he asked to be my sponsor, I says, you know, I think I can work with you. And then I'm thinking, there's other people I can't work with. And I was thinking, oh, this other guy, <laughs> doesn't he call me like three days later and says, you want to be my sponsor? I said, you know what? I'll be your sponsor because I don't want to be your sponsor. Yeah, so yeah. practice doing what you don't want to do opens up a whole bunch of different avenues than what you want to do. Exactly, right. man. It's just, and then, then your life is based on fact <laughs> instead of interpretation. You know, it's just it's much uh, it's much sounder. Yeah, it's much more sound. And then if you have a stabilized condition, a lot of things can be built on it. Yeah? You're open up to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, additions, yeah, because it's there's a, a stable enough foundation to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Sir, could you talk a little more about the con- the idea of use me through self sacrifice? Well, in a sense, you're being used. It's just like when I used to do first-minute talks in, in recovery, it would be like I was felt like the hose and the water, yeah? So I had this meeting I did every Monday night when I was in the country. I traveled a lot, but I was for 19 years. So that's a lot of Monday nights. It's a lot of nights. And a lot of those nights, I'd go to the meeting, and just before the meeting, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. Sometimes I was sick as hell. Sometimes I had no money. But every time I was willing to sit in that chair, something happened, yeah? I felt the water moving through, you know? And that's what gives hose the meaning, is the water moving through. And while the moving through is moving through, not that it's intention, it cleans the hose, yeah? It's just because of its nature. The water cleans the hose. It's not planning on cleaning the hose, it just doesn't. And I had this event, this event, over and over again. So it became very convincing because I had it in a lot of different conditions and circumstances. I felt like shit, it worked. I felt really great, it worked. Yeah? I mean, the batting average was like a thousand over a long period of time. So there was a quite a, a convincing. And I said, so a lot of people in recovery say that you can't give away what you don't have, but you're not going to have it unless you're giving it away. <laughs> so you put yourself in the position to be used and then that pasta, that juice will come through, yeah? If you're waiting to get the juice to give it, you're waiting to me, it's too long. I always found out, so I just put myself in that position, and then I was used, and then by being used, I had came to my senses of what that feels like. It's not like, I'm, it's just a... And then, though, what happened is it grew where I realized there ain't no hose, you know, and there's just the water, and then you can go, there ain't no water either, but let's just say there ain't no hose, that I am the water, yeah? But they were both sort of inferring the same thing. One was a little quicker, maybe, than just the water. But uh, 
That's why I mean about service. If there's a need for someone to get help, yeah, just being maybe in the easiest way of just having some uh, soup poured into a bowl, and if you're willing to play that position of that help coming through, you're going to be the beneficiary of that intention, if you want to call it goodness or whatever, or love moving through, you will sense it also. Yeah? It's incredibly beautiful because it's, 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 it's benefits those and it also benefits the one that's being used. It, it benefits the people, that person's getting what he needs, soup, and you're getting the sense of relief from the bondage of self. When the only event that's happening is soup is being ladled out. Yeah? But you see how beautiful a mind is? There's two, maybe two distinctly different experiences. One person just needs soup, and the other person needs relief, and both are being addressed in the same event. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that was suggested from someone was when you're doing service, and that sort of ego, you know, look at me, like you're saying, you know, like I've done service, and just kind of help you stop doing that is to do the service, and the practice is then do the service, but don't tell anybody about it. That can help, yeah, if you want. You can play around with it. But get to a point where none of that will be necessary. Well, no, but as Because there won't be any you doing the service. There'll right, just be service being done. Yeah. Yeah? And, there's, and that's the case at all times. Yeah. It's just the yapping that's attempting to put the attention on, oh, you're doing the service to get attention. And that's a story. What's actually happening is service is being done. That's the baseline, yes? Is it or is it? Yeah, okay, sure. The baseline is service is being done. There's servicing. There's service being rendered. Yes. Now, and there's the mind story about it. Yeah. Some people say, "Well, I have to stop doing service because I'm claiming to be the servant." Fuck it. Do the service. <laughs> Render the service. Yeah. Don't believe the story. If you stop doing everything this thing's attempting to claim, you wouldn't. You'd be laying dead here. It's going to attempt to claim everything that happens through this apparatus. It's going to say, I'm the one who's doing it. I have bad intentions. I'm trying to get something for myself. These are the never-ending fucking loop of self-importance constantly running on, the, on whatever's happening. And what happens is, instead of questioning, am I that, we stop the activity. And so exactly what you need to have, you're not even getting close to it because you won't do the, the activity that would make bring about a free sample. This is how it reigns supreme. You listen to it, and you're doing service, you're having a great time at the kitchen, you feel good as you're going home, oh, I'm, I'm claiming too much of this. I've got to stop. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> you're just walking home. Exactly. Exactly. I felt love, but it was selfish love. <laughs> I don't think I should be in a relationship with you. I think it's selfish. It's all selfish. <laughs> oh, it's not pure enough. Give me a break. It just goes on and on and on and on. Some people say, well, if I wouldn't have done this, it would have been great. But then if you would have did it, it wouldn't have been great. The mind's going to take every position and give you a contrary story about it. And you fall for this one, you fall for that one, Fall for this one, fall for that one, fall for this one, fall for that one. 
If you fall for one, you have to fall for the other. If you think you're great, you're going to think you're a fucking loser. There's an abstaining of that, and you abstain this. Yeah? The feeling is fine, but it doesn't turn into, I'm the feeler. Yeah? That's the abs- That's where the abstinence occurs. We talk about abstinence. Abstinence is much different than just not drinking and using. You abstain from the fucking advertising of the thought system. There's an abstinence. You can't do it. There's an immunity that gets built, and you abstain from its little invitations. Yeah? Just like you can't, if you have the first drink, one drink is too many and a thousand ain't enough. If you believe one of these lines, it gets into a, it just starts reeling off a whole story. Yes? Um, I can say this, I can say this until tomorrow, or just comment question now, which is people coming out of a lot of incredible pain and suffering that could come out of people in recovery or all of us have something, right? And I think one of the stories that's always been appealing to me has been the, the story of people instantly awakening. And so when you're not instantly awakening, that perpetuates the search. But you also talked about, you know, like wherever you can feel enlightenness, if you can just, what, what I'm trying to, I don't have a bit vocabulary for this, but yeah. what I'm trying to say is that people like myself, I guess, have I've got to learn not to look for the instant solution, but to learn to, to look for the next best step to take. You said decisions of hope or something. Yeah, to yeah. To get you to a better place. Well, you know what it is? Something happens, and it's not intentional, but some people describe what happens, and they instantly awoke or something, and the people hear that, and then they think if they go to that place, to that Walmart, and they shop down that aisle, and when that Toys R Us thing fell on that person's head, they try to reduplicate the event as thinking as if it's going to happen, an event. And again, just said in a lovely manner, the mind misuses that idea, and now uses that absence of that event as a verification that you're not there. You cannot not be anywhere else. This is dog shit awareness. Wendy, what do you think those people are doing right now? If you go into the bathroom after one of these instantly awakened things, it smells just like when you're in the bathroom. Yeah? These instantly awakened that people are getting fucking pissed off at their drivers. I know a lot of drivers of these instantly awakened teachers, and they're fucking assholes in a lot of ways. doesn't change their assholeness. They're frustrated around things. They get bummed out. There's just not an identification as the one that's bummed out. If, if you instantly truly awoke, you would disappear. There would be no need for this present expression. Yeah? By having an idea of it, you miss what it could be, which is a very practical influence in your day right now. Yeah? Like where the rubber meets the road right now. Why does it have to be a cataclysmic event? You think, do you honestly believe? They're not having, there's no thoughts are running through their head all day. They don't have any thoughts, not moved moved by thoughts at all. Give me a break. I'm telling you, I've had dinner with them. (laughs) I've had dinner with them. They're worried about their books, their publishing, what they're going to do next. They're concerned about how much money they're going to make at the next, and if you can can guarantee there's going to be enough money before they go on the tour. I ate with about five of them for three days in a row, three different engagements, you know? One little calibration's changed. 
Maybe there's these gurus in India that awaken and it's like, you know, I haven't seen that, you know. For me, it was just a recalibration of my mind. It left being self-centered and it moved to another modality. That's all. And it has enough stock on this side that it doesn't seem to fall back into that modality. It doesn't, though the gravitational pull is there, it doesn't seem to get sucked into that gravity. That's all it is. Yeah? I have preferences. I have desires. I like the New York Yankees. I hate the Boston Red Sox. I hate the Los Angeles Lakers. Why? Because you can hate things in sports. Fun. I hate it. It makes it more interesting when I watch. Yeah? I do. Yeah? I love surfing. I don't like working all day. Manual labor. I, can, I, can, I don't know how I survive. Things work out. I paint when I need to. It's sort of like certain times of the, of the year, it's the season to work. I get jobs and stuff like that. And when the jobs dry up, I take that as the message that I'm not going to be working for that day. And I adapt to that. And then I spend my time doing pranayama or doing exercises, which I love to do. I go surf. Yeah, I, t- I hike. Yeah. Then I go to an AA meeting, and then it gets busy again, and sometimes I go on tour and talk. Other times I say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah? It just goes like this. You know? I don't feel any different. You know, people go to my girlfriend and say, what it's like to be like Paul, with Paul. It's fucking... We don't talk about this. We talk about shopping and, and hanging out, and when she's, you know... But she sees, over the period of time, she sees the message, yeah? She sees it because there's a stabilization. There's an unwaveringness. She's been with me four years, and she says, it's very strange. It's like an un- this, uh, That's that. That's it. There's a stableness there. And everything else goes on as it's going on, and on and on, you know? I don't bore her with, you know, this talk all the time. Jesus <laughs> Christ! You know? <laughs> I like horror movies. Sure. All this stuff. So I don't know. I haven't ever met anyone. I heard, I've met people who said that it happened instantly, but I think you may have ideas of what that awakeness means. The recalibration just happened instantly, which it never actually happens anyway. It's always been so. What the, the appearing that it isn't that way dismisses, really. It's, you got to look at it the other way. It's more of a, a dismissal of a belief that something is so than that something happens. Yeah, Because what is sensed, the immediate hit of what's been sensed is it's always been this way. Yeah, And that actually nothing happened. That's the immediate sense. I don't know what it is for others, but that was the immediate sense I got. Nothing ever happened, and it's actually always been this way. And like we've been talking about all day today, the greatest extent this this situation here can reach is to the extent of appearing. That's it. That's its sky. That's its limitation. Yes? And that becomes obvious. You see it. It doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect here. It doesn't mean, but it doesn't have a reality, in a way. That's the thing. Yeah? Yeah. It would be boring, you know? Wouldn't it? I can't stand those loving gazes for too long. <laughs> I can't. I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. It's, got, it's straight with too much fucking meaning. Spirituality. This, came, this idea came over in the 70s or something in America. Look what's happened to it already. 
Just like when I was young, in the 70s, the gurus came, even a little earlier. Yeah? All the gurus, the big wave of gurus came. And after that, the Tibetan monks came. Yeah? And after that, another form of spirituality came. And very quickly, they basically all got sort of mangled in a way. Yeah? They all got morphed into the same system, and they'd have the same the same problems like sex and money, you know? And then they, the people would say, it's just the play of the Lord. You know, they're just, they're just testing you with all this activity of sex and money. I said, well, why doesn't he try a new one? Everyone's the same thing, sex and money. Now, we're not fooled by that anymore. Try, like, integrity. That would really fuck us up. You know what I mean? <laughs> if someone wasn't sleeping with all the students, whoa! That would be a great Leela for a play. You know what I mean? And then it sort of dissipates, and then these other things come, and then the basic tenets of that stuff get therapized, and then made into certain, like, a morphing, like, Therapy type thing, you know, Buddhism and psychology, and fucking this and that, and let's mix and mingle and see if we can mutate it into something that works. And it's happening so quickly, and always it always crests, and then there's a big downfall. There's people now that heard this message, and they've come to 800 satsangs. Maybe that they've seen every person out there, every person that. Like we used to say, like Bob Papaji, you know, was there. That's a lot of people came from this man in India called Papaji, and he lived in Lucknow. There used to be a joke about it that all you needed to do to be a teacher was to fly over Lucknow. You know, <laughs> if you flew over Lucknow, you had the right to be a teacher. You know. <laughs> going to be as short-lived as every fucking thing else, because it's been made into something. And it's difficult to have it stay nothing, because organizations, organizations build. How are you going to support the organizations? You've got to have constant programs. You've got to have intensives. You've got to have enrollment. You've got to have money coming in, yes? Because now you have to have the person live somewhere nicer than where they may be living now. You've got to support that person or persons who are the teachers. Then you've got to do this. Then you've got to do that. And then the hierarchy builds up. Then the inner circle appears. Then there's the outer circle. Then the ones who are in the outer circle feel like they're missing something. The one in the inner circles think they know too much. You know, <laughs> can't believe what's happening in the you know. And you go, but oh, I, you know. And all this goes on and on and on and on. And then the message, the message in a way gets sort of distilled or or watered down. To sort of fit the masses. When this is a this is a confrontational thing, it's meant to irritate. It's not meant to be morphed around how you think or how you feel. It's meant to threaten. It's meant to threaten and push you to see you're not that. Sometimes it needs to be a hard push. Sometimes it's an easy suggestion. But it's not a very comfortable, cozy, you know, flannel-like, comforter-like uh, message. It's a very confronting one. You're not what you're taking yourself to be. How are you going to make that soft? It's going to have some rude awakenings in it. What? <laughs> because you've invested a lot in that. You invested so much in the other thing. Yeah? You, you moved into the house of cards. You bought a nice, beautiful bed set. 
You know, you got three cars in the garage. I mean, you're telling me, like the talking heads, there's your, this beautiful woman, is this your beautiful wife, is this your house? You know, what? <laughs> People like to hear this, but it takes, it takes a lot more than liking to hear it to stay and really let it sink in. It does, because you're going to be confronted, and it's not always a walk in the park. You know, stuff that stuff, some stuff that will come up will make sense, make make you feel alienated from a lot of people. Maybe, maybe those things that you cherish are now seen not to be as valuable as you thought. These aren't great elating days for the mental process. It's sort of bumming out, you know. <laughs> and if you go to a lot of non-duality meetings, there's no fellowship. No one walks out together and hangs out. Everyone comes in and leaves. Where's the support? Where's the support? There is no person. There's no one to need support. You know what I mean? Good luck. See ya. Buy my next book. You know what I mean? If you go to the retreat, you'll do better. And then everyone has an idea. Oh, this will be so great. I'm telling you. I don't know if I should record this. I'm probably ruining my business. <laughs> this is just my opinion. That's why I haven't been involved in that whole business for years. But when I first started going, I saw things, you know, and it was just like the inevitability of what happens, which has happened over and over again in history, where there's a beautiful message, and then minds coagulate around it, structured in self-centeredness, organize around it, make a hierarchy of it, yes? Create separation in it. It becomes an us and them. Yeah? So now you think you're one of the chosen ones. You're the only ones who have gotten it. And everyone else, those poor people, don't have it. And yet you're kissing someone's ass that you think has really got it. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> this message is a message. Yeah? That's all. Good. I don't know. Maybe it's gotten a lot better. But when I saw it, the whole situation, I saw something was off for me. I mean, just saw it. I saw it, just looked, it just wasn't kosher. You know? It has to be more direct. It has to be more uh, available. It has to be more reliable than that. It has to be found in and of where I am. Yeah? And I have a role in it. A big role in it. Yeah? The only other person can do is offer the message. But what infuses the message with the message is the one who receives the message. Or the one who's giving the message. It's the mind. Yeah? So. Oh, yes. So we try to do what we do. We're very disorganized, and I like it that way. It, I just do. People, we attempted to write books. I could care less right now. Just don't have it in me. There's too many of them out there. I think coming live is much more uh, a, be- a better delivery, and I like the audios and the videos. Yeah. And I just attempt to stay true to how it's moving and how it informs me and do the best I can. And I know that would be probably impossible if it got too organized. It would, run, it would be like a runaway train. It gets done. I've seen it with all, a lot of other people. You know? So there's a value in it not being popular. It's a value in it being disorganized, yeah? It has a huge value in it, and I like it that way. I do.
I don't have any ambition towards it doing going anywhere else because it works. Uh, it's that you're allowed, you're able to keep it clean, stay true to how it seems to you, and if people like it or don't like it, that's on them. Yeah. And if I get invited, I come. If I don't, I don't promote myself. I don't go anywhere looking to do anything. You know, if I'm not taken care of through this, I'll be taken care of another way. Yeah. You don't have to get this. You don't. You're not forced. It's not a draft. Not a demand. It's a suggestion. You're going to go back to it eventually, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and when it, when time is over, it'll be like there was never any time. That I know. Yeah. So. And I just love doing it like this. This is cool. Yeah. And then we have fellowship, hang out. Yeah. I hated those things where you walk in and then you have to sit still so the guy can escape, you know, the teacher. they got to sort of escape out the side door, you know. All right, everyone sit, sit still, you know, like little trained animals until so-and-so leaves and then, we can, then you can get up. Okay. Of course, everyone acts like they're meditating, you know. It's fucking crazy. It's just another, it's just another fucking fabricated thing going on to me. Yeah. I like freedom from all that shit. That's why we don't have any pictures. We don't try to... If, I never even on... I'm never even a foot higher, usually. It's just all that stuff. If you can keep it bare bone, even my girlfriend says it. One day I was doing a talk and I brought a, I brought my computer and I played Ave Maria, a beautiful rendition, gorgeous. And my girlfriend sort of flipped out. I never very rarely see that. She says, I don't want any accessories, Paul. Keep it, you know, keep it just down to the simplicity of it. Just a simple offering. Don't add anything. Don't, you know. And I saw, I saw the view of, I saw the wisdom in that, yeah. I saw the wisdom of that. You know, keep it very simple. Don't get into so. Don't start increasing the production values too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, because it's organic. I like it that way. And it's, uh, yeah. So, there you have it for today.